Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Hey, Coxie. Yes, Waz. I'm nervous now. <laughs> uh, surprise. Yeah. Don't you love it when we do these intros and you go, so how are we going to intro this episode? And I go, oh, I've got an idea. It makes and me I hit record and you're like, oh my gosh, what's what's going to say now? <laughs> hey, um, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in life after death? Oh my goodness, that's a big question. Nah, it's a little, little tiny question. I do. You do? I do. Okay. I do. So, are you going to come back as something? Uh, I'd like to come back as one of my animals. Which one? You take your pick. They're all very, very spoiled and loved. <laughs> I was going to say, they get looked after pretty well. They I'm do. not surprised you want to come back as one of your pets. Mm. Uh, so, if you could be any sort of animal, what would you be? A cat. Oh, we couldn't be you friends. You didn't expect that, did you? No, we couldn't be Or friends. an eagle. If I was going to be a bird, I'd be an eagle. I love eagles. Does that so you can like soar over the top of everybody yes. and crap on them whenever you want to? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and there is my segue. Well done. Uh, you probably figured that out. I um, did. G'day, listeners. Welcome to Tradies in Business Radio. Oh, teaching. I'm doing the jazz hands thing. I even lifted my leg up a bit. You did when, when I did that. that yeah. I should have taken a photo. That was a little weird. <laughs> we'll throw a photo up on Instagram. <laughs> uh, so, welcome to Tradies in Business Radio. It's a podcast. You're here with us, was and Nick. And today we're actually talking. We're really excited about today's episode because we're talking to the Australian Tax Office. Will we put a sound effect <laughs> in there or something? <laughs> You need to listen to this one. It is important. Because uh, if you go back to our stupid little intro about eagles and coming back as your pets, <laughs> we're talking to uh, one of the national directors from the Illegal Phoenix Task Force. Sounds now, so serious. I reckon a lot of our listeners would know what a, an illegal phoenix is or a phoenix company. Do you think they understand that terminology, though? That I wasn't familiar with the terminology, but I knew exactly what it was. Well, there's a difference between an illegal phoenix and just a regular phoenix. Yes. See, there's, there's phoenixes confusing. and then there's naughty phoenixes. Aren't phoenixes birds? Yes. Mm. They're like eagles, but they they rise from life. the ashes. Yeah, thank you. Okay. It's a mythical bird that rose from the ashes, right? Hence the I term. I thought it was real. Mm, not really. So, <laughs> uh, so our listeners probably, you might have come across a phoenix. You've probably read the paper and heard about it. Mm. Uh, but basically, the the difference between a phoenix company, which is you know a company that goes into liquidation and then reinvents itself, restarts under a new business name or new directorship mm-hmm. or whatever, that's not necessarily against the law. Mm. That's just you know bad economics, bad management. That sort of stuff does happen. Some of you might have ex- even experienced that yourselves. Um, and unfortunately, that does often mean that creditors don't get paid or don't get paid in full. Now, when that becomes, a, a I guess, a naughty phoenix. A naughty A naughty phoenix. bird. Naughty bird is, uh, <laughs> is when the directors of those companies actually do that on purpose and they strip the assets out of the company and do all sorts of other funky stuff to shirk 
They're mm. shirkers, mm. dirty shirkers. They're shirking their responsibility. Um, and some of the most affected industries are construction and development. Mm. So uh, that's why we thought this was a, a really important episode for you. Uh, we managed to secure one of the national directors from the ATO on this particular program. Uh, and so he's going to explain to you illegal phoenixes, how to spot them, what to do if you do spot one, uh, how to avoid getting taken for a ride by one. So there's some really, really important information in here if you care at all about getting paid for the work that you've done for another company. I don't know a single person that doesn't. There you go. So everybody is now going to listen to the next 30 (laughs) minutes talking about tax. Enjoy. Alrighty, so with us today at the Tradies in Business podcast, although we're going to talk, call this Tradies in Business Radio at some stage, weren't we? I think we forgot about that. I that was about so last week. <laughs> That's old news. Uh, we're joined by Sam Simpson from the ATO. G'day, Sam. Hi, how are you going? Very well, thank you, Sam. Uh, it was like a little bit of dead air there, just as I introduced you, and I thought... This is a terrible time for a glitch. ASIO's intercepted the call already. <laughs> So I think uh, I think I've got a little bit of lag here, but uh, so if need be, I can take the video off. But um, and yeah. we'll see how we go, mate. But uh, so Sam, so I don't make a meal of it. Uh, can you tell our listeners what your role is at the ATO and and maybe a bit of your backstory, mate? How you came to be sitting here talking to us, uh, professional radio announcers? Sure. Um, so uh, I'm. Um, Sam, I work at the ATO. Um, I'm a national director in the Phoenix Task Force. So um, the Phoenix Task Force um, is set up um, um, using um, multiple agencies um, working together to try to reduce uh, the impact of uh, illegal Phoenix. Um, I've been in this role for a couple of years. So uh, my role is really around um, trying to um, coordinate um, a coordinated approach across government to treating illegal Phoenix, um, but also have a number of uh, compliance teams across the country that uh, all work together and um, and uh, undertake activities um, to treat illegal Phoenix as well. Um, so my job's around the strategy, the governance, and um, uh, of of that task force. Um, I've been in the ATO for about twenty years now. Um, Joined uh, joined after I was working in a, in a um, property development organisation prior to that, uh, doing accounting work. And um, and when the government brought in uh, the GST system, they uh, did a massive recruitment into the ATO to try to get businesses up to up to scratch and help them out really, and to try to um, um, get ready for the GST. And and mm. I came in um, under that process. Yeah, right. I'm showing my age here, but I. Uh I very, very much remember GST and all the uh, the kerfuffle around that. Uh, it was so with scary business as a business and, owner. Yeah, it was like going to be the end of Australia. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet somehow yeah, we, we all through. survived. Yeah, amazing that, yeah. Like, like Y2K. Uh, so I guess, you know, we'll jump straight into talking about Phoenix companies. What on earth, for those that don't know, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, sadly, uh, probably know what a Phoenix company is, and I suspect may have been on the receiving end of, of a, a not so positive experience around that. But uh, can you uh, expand on that a bit for the rest of our listeners, Sam? Yeah, sure. So, um, 
Phoenix Company is is where um, a company basically uh, um, deliberately uh, liquidates their business. Um, they they um, they do that to defeat any creditors, um, to uh, defeat paying any tax taxes, state and federal taxes, um, superannuation, um, employees, um, and uh, and it's we our focus is on the deliberate behaviour where where they do it as effectively a business model and mm. unfortunately it's quite common where businesses um, some businesses do do that and uh, and it affects um, creditors employees and, and the government in terms of um, uh, all of the uh, the revenue and and wages and so forth that, that are lost so it's um that's that's what Phoenix uh, Phoenix companies are but um, uh, there is a difference between um, people that companies that do legitimately run into uh, financial difficulties and have to put a company into liquidation so uh, they they're not really our focus um, so um, people can people can um, wind up a company and and start a new business and, and continue on with life quite quite legally um, but uh, you know, our focus is about the businesses that do it deliberately and and take deliberate steps to to avoid paying um, their creditors and to strip assets out of the company along the way. So, so how how prevalent is this, Sam? Like, it, it, I mean, obviously, it's an issue for the ATO to have a task force and and for us to be speaking yep. to you today. But but how big is the problem here in Australia? So it's it's pretty large. Um, so we've estimated um that it costs between. 2.8 billion and 5 billion every year, and that's broken up between um, the cost to, to businesses, the cost to government, and the cost to employees. So it's about three billion dollars a year to um, that it costs businesses, and and that's where where they basically lose money um, from dealing with a Phoenix company that mm. uh, has uh, left them um, uh, with it with a debt that they can't collect, um, and then you've got the employees. Nearly three hundred million dollars in unpaid wages and uh, superannuation and employee entitlements, and and then the government is one point one billion in um, up to in in federal taxes and state taxes like um, state payroll taxes and so forth. Yeah, yeah, it just boggles my brain that that people. I mean, I, I shouldn't be surprised. I've I've been walking around on the earth for long enough to know that the human race has some uh, interesting. Uh, members of it, but uh, it just blows my mind that companies or people, you know, behind these companies would deliberately uh, go into liquidation just to dodge payments. It just uh, anyway, that's my moral statement for a Friday. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, very surprising um, as to how many deliberate. Uh, I mean, you know, anyone in business, particularly in the property construction type of type of industries. You know that they would have seen it, um, and potentially it would have happened to them. So um, yeah, yeah. Do, do you it find, is unfair. Sorry, Sam. Do you find it's uh, um, occurs more in certain industries? Yeah, definitely. So um, we find it's pretty prevalent in the property and construction industry, but it's also um, prevalent in a lot of labour hire industries, agricultural, horticultural, and meat processing industries, and labour hire. Hmm. Um, Payroll services, um, so and to a lesser extent, mining, transport, cafes, restaurants, and security. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I'm really confused how, and this is probably not a question that you can answer from your viewpoint, Sam, but I'm really confused how if a company goes into liquidation, and as you say, can be done quite legally, but then they can go on to own another business after that point. That that boggles my mind that we don't have some more protective procedures in place to prevent those people then either going and making the same mistakes or, uh, again, illegally doing what they're doing as a choice, as a business model. It's That's... Um, quite mind-blowing so to know that there is a task force looking for these kind of businesses trying to prevent these kind of outcomes for tradies particularly mm. um is great for us it's quite comforting yeah um, yeah look the the agencies on the task force that there are some powers to try to effectively stop stop businesses from and directors and people from doing this and so we work closely with um the relevant state and federal building licensing commissions and um, um, ASIC, uh, ASIC as well to um, um, to and so directors can be banned from operating companies. Mm. Um, unfortunately, you know they they could use utilise straw directors so um, uh, get people um, in that uh, effectively have a clear clean background and uh, put them in charge of the company but they effectively still control the company so holy how do people even think of this stuff (laughs) i'm sorry little old naive me is really struggling with this idea at all it's okay coxie it's it's not a scary world out (laughs) there it's scary how do people even think about these ideas i just don't understand the whole premise of that kind of fraudulent behavior doing something that has such a massive impact not only on the lives of the people that you've been dealing with but um, for the entire community, the entire country, I don't know how do those people sleep at night first and foremost, <laughs> but how do they even come up with these crazy ideas and then how much pressure does that put on you as a task force to try and keep ahead of whatever these trends are? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how they they really have to, have to live with their own conscience really mm. because, um, but yeah, it does, it does put a lot of pressure on trying to stop and, and avoid that um, uh, that behaviour, and uh, but I suppose it's really about the best we can do is we have those agencies, the thirty-seven agencies that are part of the Phoenix Task Force, and and trying to work together, and and with that collaboration, you, you can share information and share data, and and um, you basically can identify the behaviour quicker and treat it. Mm. Um, yeah, but as well as that, we uh, we rely a lot on um, on the community providing us information as well. Um, to uh, to us um, where they're affected, you know. So we mm. get a lot of mm. a lot of information coming in from the community. So we'll we'll dig into the specifics, I guess, uh, in a second. I, I just wanted to ask, what are some of the the most challenging aspects of your role, and also for the task force in actually, uh, you know, trying to find these uh, these offences. Um. Plenty of so plenty of challenges. <laughs> so, so really, uh, you know, when they're, um, it's really around the, the, our compliance areas that deal with this sort of behaviour that they they have to unwind some really complex groups mm. and do some pretty uh, detailed complex financial investigations and and that's about getting data and information and working working with uh, you know. Um, Working with the other agencies to get the information that they have as well, but 
We also do have some formal powers within tax that helps us to get that information. So we get information from the banks around information going through bank accounts. Um, we have formal powers where you know um, businesses are, are required to give us information, and and um, and sometimes we can we can go out and get that information from the businesses to to pull a picture together, and um, and then that helps us to develop a treatment strategy to either get them get them on track if uh, if they can be brought back on track and and the businesses um, so that's the ultimate goal if we can get businesses to start complying and realize that you know, it's better to just to to, uh, to work fairly um, but if we can't get them back on track we have to re remove them from the system mm -hmm. so I suppose uh, listeners would be wondering okay well that's all well and good how do you how do you know if you're dealing with a Phoenix company, either a legal one or an illegal one? I mean, is there anything our listeners can look out for? Uh, you know, is there things that they should be aware of and if they do notice anything? Yeah, I think um, one of the most important things is to really know who you're doing business with. Um, so there are a number of ways to do that. You can, you can go on the... Um, to abr.gov.au and, and look at the, the business that's registered and um, the directors and the contact people there. You can go to um, ASIC and work out whether or not um, uh, the company, who the directors are of the company when it was registered, um, historical directors, those sort of things. You can even go to um, the Building Construction Commissions and identify um, building licences. Um, um, but I think... And then you've got your open source information around. At least when you once you know who you who you're dealing with, who the director is, is there any information um, that uh, is on the internet or through your colleagues that you're working with that, um, um, that about their previous or past behaviour? But then, so once I think it's good to know who you who you're dealing with. But, uh, but then, if you now these are really business decisions, but. If you don't know who you're dealing with, or you're entering into a contract, you you, uh, you probably need to be wary of the credit terms that you provide um, when you're doing the work. Um, you get a deposit up front, or get progress payments, and you don't let the um, payments lag for too long. Um, and uh, and I suppose uh, for some of your larger contracts, you can get credit reports on. Um, there's credit agencies out there that can give credit reports on on. Um, on companies, so there's there's various sort of things that you can do, but I think one of the most important things is really know who you're dealing with. Mm. And so much of this comes back to just good business fundamentals and business best practice of uh, and the number of of people we hear of that enter into verbal agreements for mm. large sums of money to complete works, and there's no contracts or they're they're you know copied and pasted from a document they found on google and they're just leaving themselves exposed because if if they do happen to be dealing with an illegal phoenix company uh then it's probably uh they're going to be exposed to losing a bunch of money i'm guessing sam well that's right i mean you know people are really busy everyone's busy and mm. uh, and you know you want to you want to uh you know, tradies want to focus on doing the work that actually gives them money. So, uh, um, so it's not always uh, easy to find the time to uh, to do the research and um, to get good contracts in place and good credit terms in place. But um, yeah, um, 
bit of effort in there in terms of trying to get that planning um, would uh, sort of reduce their risk of, uh, of, of being burnt by Phoenix operators. Mm. I'm really intrigued to know that so your task force has found somebody who is I'm not sure if I'm going to term this correctly, so forgive me and please correct me if I get it wrong, but they're operating an illegal Phoenix business. What happens to that person? What happens next? What do you do as an agency to either prevent them from continuing or to educate them on how not to continue in that way? What what happens? So, like, there's a whole myriad of things that can happen from, from you know, depending on, on how, on how risky they are, I suppose, and, the, and how large and the impact of them. But it, might, it could simply be is trying to um, trying to um, reduce the debt that they've built up um, by increasing debt, the, the, um, the debt collection strategies. Um, we could uh, um, ensure that their lodgements are up to date around uh, their, their GST and, uh, and their activity business activity statements and tax returns. Then um, we might simply just refer information to other agencies to do something on on that on that business, and it might be a sort of quite easy light touch. But then it can progress through to a complex sort of audit type of function, and um, and uh, that audit would look at the, generally might look at the whole group um, as a whole, um, uh, and then for the worst of the worst, um, we we could refer it off for criminal investigation by either um, ASIC or the ATO um, can do criminal investigations as well where there's identified fraud. So, But that's um, pretty rare. Mm. So that, that's really the, the, the worst of the worst that goes through to that point. Sounds incredibly complex. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mind is I, boggling. I, uh, I did some audit work when I, when I was in my... Uh, PY sort of uh, transition professional year because I studied as, as an accountant. Mm. It was a fairly long time ago now and uh, it's oh, I decided audit wasn't for me. There was just so much work involved and you're pouring through transactions and trying to link things together and, I mean, that was that was back before computers and electricity. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, data matching must have made a lot of this easier, Sam, but... Um, the question I had was for, and I hear people talk about Phoenix trading as though any type of Phoenix business is, is illegal and, and immoral, but the reality is, and you mentioned this before, you can actually go into liquidation and then start another business so long as you're within the bounds of the law. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, even even in the property construction sector, um, the margins can sometimes be that tight that um, just the normal economic impacts or um, one of your uh, one of your major um, um, uh, customers um, stops paying you, and all sorts of economic impacts can um, can can affect your business, and mm. uh, and effectively um, you need to go into liquidation to uh, to to basically wind your company up because you can't afford to pay your debts anymore. Yeah. And, that, and that's un, that's unfortunate and it's definitely unfortunate for um, all the creditors that uh, that do miss out of, uh, of getting paid mm. under the, those. But, no, that's not necessarily illegal. It's it's really um, so that the liquidators come in come in and when that occurs and, and they'll try to get the best sort of dividend for their creditors and employees they can by... 
Um, but um, it's not illegal. It's, it's really illegal where they've taken deliberate steps to um, strip the assets out of the company right. um, prior right. to prior to uh, the company going into liquidation, so that there's nothing for any of the for the creditors at the end of it, Got or it. that they've continued to trade for a long period of time. Um, where they knew that they couldn't ever pay their debts and they kept continually racking up the debts. So that's called insolvent trading. So, um, yeah, it's, um, so, it's, so, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of situations where uh, it, um, a business just needs to uh, go into liquidation, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So are there any other ways for uh, tradies to spot illegal phoenixes? Yeah, I think it's um, some some things like where um, you can see that their whole workforce is just tra- that they have used previously is transferred to a new uh, <laughs> a new company, yep. um, um, whereby you can see that they've they're offer- operating in the same industry, um, the same customers, the same suppliers, um, but uh, under under a different name, sometimes even a similar name. Um, so, so really, it's around doing the same sort of thing that they were previously doing, but under a different company name. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it sounds sus just from a common sense point of view. Of course, it does. Uh, and I don't know why anybody would be putting their hand up to work. You know, if you're a staff member, and on Friday the business is called this, and in a week's time it's called something else, um, that'd be a red flag. I'd yeah, be out yeah. of that door as quick as I could. Yeah, you'd be looking for a new job. You'd think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> And so, let's say someone uh, you know smells a rat, Sam, uh, as as a supplier or an employee. Uh, you know, what should they do? Is there somewhere they can go? Like, is there a, a whistleblower line or something like that they can ring? <laughs> yeah, there is. A, so basically, yeah, you can make a tip off um, to to the ATO, and I'll give you the number. I give it to you a couple of times if you like. It's and it's also on ato.gov.au. Okay. But, um, you could uh, um, do the search function there, but the number is one eight hundred zero six zero zero six two, and you can make tip offs there and can be anonymous as well. So um, okay, um, um, and uh, you know if it's that when when you make that tip off, it's uh, you can identify it as Phoenix and it'll get streamlined through to the Phoenix area to be uh, to be looked at and reviewed. Yeah, right. So what happened? I'm intrigued to know what happens then because I'm. Uh, you know, we talk a lot here about negative reviews or different horrible <laughs> ways in which people like to impact on business, their competition mostly. Um, you know, if I decided I'm really cranky with my competition down the road, the plasterer down there, he's undercutting me, so I'm going to dob him in just to make his life a little bit stressful. Are there immediate things that you're actually looking for so you can disqualify those that aren't legitimate complaints? Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's... Definitely legitimate. A lot of the, a lot of Dobbins, you know, would would simply be uh, not not founded and um, and uh, you know just a disgruntled sort of mm. associate or colleague or potentially husband or wife or something. Or, uh, <laughs> but, so that does does occur. Um, so it's just about uh, reviewing that information, utilising the data and other intelligence that we have as well yes. as the information from the community. And and then then they make an assessment as to where it would go, and uh, um, sometimes it it gets stays within the Phoenix Task Force. Sometimes it might go off to 
um, it, it might only might go, off, go off to another agency um, because there's a specific thing that they can do or mm. it's related to them. So um, that's so it all comes through the one area and then gets assessed and and um, yeah, work, we work out where it goes. Yeah, great. Is it a timely process? I mean, does it take a long period of time? Because this sounds really complicated to me and like it would take a long period of time. Is it, obviously you have quite a large task force to help you with these things, but there seems to be a lot of different facets and a lot of different areas to investigate and look through. So is it a, a big period of, a big investment of time that you need to put into each one of these complaints and finding out whether something needs to be done or not? Well, it really all depends exactly on what the complaint is. If, if it's simply just, say, superannuation that um, is not being paid, then, then all of those will get looked at and get followed up and, mm. and get followed up reasonably quickly. Um, but if it's a really complex um, arrangement, multiple Phoenix companies, then it might take um, a long time to unwind and do something with. And, and um, even with the, the worst of the worst, uh, that do go through and get referred off uh, for um, criminal investigation, they can take years. So mm. um, um, the investigation process and then it goes through to the courts and it's, it can be a really long time. So um, um, it really depends on, on what what information is coming through and, and what treatment, treatment is applied. Mm. Mm. Um, question for me, Sam, around uh, I'm, I'm big on conversion rates. So I wonder how many... Uh, cases you investigate that actually get successfully resolved? Um, you know, I actually don't have the figures on that, but it would. Uh, um, we do, we do do probably in the hundreds of cases every year, um, and uh, the the revenue that we um, that we raise through tax assessments and collecting that is. Um, since the task force has operated, um, over half a billion dollars. So, um, so you know, although we do get probably to a thousand dobbins a year, um, yeah, okay. it's hard to hard to correlate that to exactly an outcome as mm. to an audit or a criminal investigation because yeah, yeah. you might get you might get multiple um, dobbins. Well, you would in the, some of the big cases, you get multiple um, dobbins for the same. Um, same group, um, and and so yeah, it's really hard to to get to give an answer to that conversion rate. But no, it's interesting yeah. numbers though. Uh, you know the the number of, of people that do report it, and and then how many of those actually turn out to be, I guess, uh, worthy of investigation or legitimate uh, complaints is is. I think a fairly small number compared to the amount of money that's at stake here. You know, the 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 three to five billion dollars. Uh, you know, there, there, there's some pretty decent chunks of of uh, debt being dodged here by some of these operators, which is just it's it's bloody terrible, to be honest. I guess that's where uh, yeah. I come in with not understanding how they can go on and. You know, they got it wrong the first time. How do they get to do it again and potentially make the same mistakes? How do you ensure that? that yeah. And that's a whole other discussion for a different department, I'm sure. But it, it's that's for the ethics department. <laughs> These people have got to meet their maker on some form eventually. Surely, yeah, yeah. surely they stop and think. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it is such a complex problem. I'm intrigued to know if it's 
just big business or it is small business. So I'm thinking like, mm. you know, in terms of a tradie, my immediate thoughts are those big project builders. I'm sure that that's happening left, right and centre. Personally, I even know of a few. Um, but can they? Can the same thing happen with a small builder or can the same thing happen with a, a plumber or an electrician? Is that something that you often see as well? Yeah, absolutely. It, um, it's across the board in all size businesses. Um, and yeah, so we see it across, across them all. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, yep, yeah, all of them. Mm. Um, so it's not just confined to big operators, you know, it's, it's the mum and dad operation that do this sort of thing as well? Yeah, sometimes. Um, and, and sometimes um, uh, when they do start to be uh, run into some sort of financial trouble, um, they, can, they can often be preyed upon by what we call pre-insolvency advisors and so they might get a they might get a cold call out of the blue, and uh, and they and they'll say something like we can um, we can get you out of this trouble and uh, and ultimately they give them advice that is bad advice and that is phoenix behaviour and uh, so that is one of our focus areas as well targeting the, those promoters and facilitators that they they might not even um, be registered for um, as a professional advisor. They might just be um, people that uh, understand how it all works and have set up set up uh, sort of some sort of um, recovery business, and we've seen that quite a bit. Um, so that is a focus areas for it. I mean, yeah, we're, we're not we're not about punishing the people that have made the mistake yeah. um, that have given bad advice. It's um, so we would prefer to target those promoters and facilitators um, in in trying to stop that behaviour and. Um, and uh, stop them from giving advice that uh, is basically incorrect. What a horrible thought to think that you're going through the worst moment in your life, your business is going down the gurgler, you're looking at this kind of process to follow and somebody will prey upon you in that moment <laughs> and give you poor yeah. advice because you're in such a panic you wouldn't think to look into their credentials and make sure they're a legitimate business that isn't doing the same thing that you're trying to prevent yourself from doing. Yep. My goodness, I'm quite terrified. <laughs> so I, I suppose that also begs a, a question, Sam, of uh, if someone is in trouble in their business, you know, things aren't going well and, and paying debts is, is difficult, uh, what are some steps they should take to, I suppose, do it properly uh, and maybe avoid uh, making a mistake and choosing the wrong advisor as well in that scenario? Yeah, I think in those situations you, you really um – the, the the majority of advisors are absolutely have integrity so um, so they just need to go and see an advisor that can help them and and they can potentially help them with restructuring advice and um, advice around um, uh, sort of managing their um, uh, their, their creditors um, uh, so yeah my advice would be for them to give get get professional advice um, and sometimes that advice might be that you know the business, has gone too far, and yet they need to liquidate, and mm. um, and that, that can happen as well. But yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think yeah, just get advice um, from a reputable advisor. So, mm. and and that would be you know an accountant or an insolvency lawyer or someone who's got yep. those professional um, qualifications <laughs> and membership and everything. You know. That's exactly right. Yeah, yep. not not some guy with a business card that's, uh, you know, just yep. leased a shop on the corner yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Cool, so. cool. So, Sam, I have one question I'd like to ask all of our guests. I'll be fascinated to hear what your response to this <laughs> one is. Uh, <laughs> so, if you had a thousand tradies in a room, tradies in business in a room, what's one piece of advice you would like to leave them with? Okay. Um, uh, I think just be fair. Treat people fairly and when running a business, you know, play by the rules because, yeah, you have to uh, – you're – you're working, you're competing for the same work and when you're not playing by the rules and and your competitors are not playing by the rules, it's it's un, it's unfair. So um, mm. yeah. That's that's the advice I'd give. No, it's a it's a common theme, Sam. It is, and it's the yeah. Australian way. Just be fair. Yeah. Look after you, mate. Fair go, mate. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, we appreciate your time, Sam. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that you're ahead of us in Adelaide, even though we're further east. But anyway, I'll, I'll work that one out <laughs> over another coffee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you'll get ahead of us uh, later on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, mate, uh, if you can uh, – so if, if someone's got concerns about an illegal phoenix or – uh, they, you know, they want to actually uh, tip off the ATO. Um, what's the best way for them to do that, Sam? Yeah, go to, to go to um, ato.gov and um, search for tip off, or uh, go to give us a call on one eight hundred zero six zero zero six two. Awesome, and just mention the illegal illegal Phoenix and uh, yeah, do the right thing, I suppose, mm-hmm. and um, you, call mate. someone out. Yeah, all right. Great. Thanks again, mate. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Thanks very much. See ya. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.